the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Doug, catching up with Austin French. We love his music, and now he lays bare his growing up years as he shares his story in his new book, Jesus Can. So to dial it back to the beginning, Austin, uh, you grew up in church, right? I did, yeah. I grew up, my dad was a worship pastor. I came from a big line of evangelists and uh, church planners and that kind of thing. So I definitely need church culture. I was kind of submersed in it as a kid. All right. And then comes your book, Jesus Can, My Story of Emerging from Heartache to Hope. Now, of course, uh, from the outside looking in, everyone assumes, well, you grew up in church, so how did you grow up in heartache? Yeah, (laughs) absolutely, man. Uh, Well, I got to see a very ugly side of ministry. Um, And in a way, uh, we were the perfect family at church. Mm. Uh, But at home, uh, and really the the conversations before we got in the car kind of sums it up. Um, My dad would turn around and to my mom and my sisters and I, before we walked into church, and said, okay, uh, pull the sleeves down, hide the scars, hide the bruises, put a smile on your face, we're going to church. And uh, I grew up pretending be, to be the perfect family, answering the questions and putting on um, the smile. But uh, at home, it felt like World War III broke out, and I was taught that uh, we couldn't show that side of our lives, and we couldn't talk about it. And we had to pretend like we were perfect because we were the pastor's kids. And that was what I thought following Jesus looked like. Hypocrisy really is what it was. Um, and really, it was just broken people being broken and not being honest about the brokenness. And I judged Jesus on that. And so um, it, it, to, to put it in a long, you know, a long story in a short sentence is I realized that uh, when I was 13 that um, the dysfunction that I experienced as a kid, the hypocrisy that I experienced as a kid, uh, the divorce that my parents went through, and how the church asked us to never come back, um, all these things that had happened um, were done by broken people who needed Jesus just as bad as I did. Um, but I judged broken people as my Savior instead of actually trusting and needing um, the one who died for broken people. So I found that out when I was 13, and it changed everything. So really, it's fascinating then, because a lot of people who have been hurt in the church don't want to ever go back and do anything with the church. Did you ever have a thought of turning your back on the religion? Absolutely. Um, You know, when I was eight years old, uh, kind of at the climax of a lot of things happening in our life, and a lot of dysfunction, a lot of abuse, a lot of just fear, Um, I got a journal and I wrote the words, uh, in this journal, as an eight-year-old little boy, I wrote the words, I will never be a Christian. Mm. Um, and I hated Christians. I didn't want to be one. And, and like I said a minute ago, but I, I didn't understand that I was looking at people. Um, I thought that's what following Jesus was, was pretending to be perfect while inside you're falling apart. And then I found out um, who Jesus actually was, that he died for really messed up people, for people who are falling apart, 
um, for the tax collectors and the sinners and the people that are prideful and arrogant and and the messiness of being a human. Like, that's who Jesus died for. And, um, yeah, so the, there was a switch that happened. This bitterness that I had um, towards people in the church and the church in general turned into, oh, man, I am one of them. Mm. And not only am I one of them, um, but... I know that God has given me this, this hopefully this gift to do music, um, and I'm going to write music for broken people to experience the same thing that I've experienced. Hopefully, a real, true encounter with Jesus, the lover and savior of broken people. And so, the thing that I had so much disgust for actually uh, became my greatest passion because I know I'm not the only one who's been hurt by the church or hurt. Uh, and by people in the church. And so, yeah, it, it definitely did uh, did this kind of 180 turn, and uh, I'm very grateful now to be able to, to speak back into the church and speak into the brokenness to let people know what the remedy, uh, and his name is Jesus. Amen. Amen. I think that's very important because uh, so many of us uh, have been hurt by the church or by the religion and trying to separate the religion from the Savior. Um, many people will kind of think about God the Father the way we experience our uh, our earthly father. Was yeah. was was there a, a a specific incident, or was it just over time that you were able to separate the two and not not see um, God the Father as your earthly father? Really, I honestly, it was a, a total a total awakening of understanding that I had been hurt by my earthly father and. Uh, abused by my earthly father, and yes, there was this this sense of okay, well, I I don't like dads, <laughs> and I don't think uh, that you know I didn't have a positive male figure in my life, and it wasn't um, until one I had an encounter with God that He spoke over this spoke over this newness of what being a father was. It was I realized it was everything I never got before, um, and so yeah, I think that was what I would tell people that are struggling. Um, with this image of God the Father. God the Father is the best representation. It is the mark that all earthly fathers should be trying to hit. Um, but I kind of what I realized when I was 13 is that God's way was way different than my earthly father's way. And to spend time with him, I was going to get to know his heart more. And so that's what I did, and that's what I, the journey I went on was understanding what it meant now to have a heavenly father that does things way different. Um, and really the first thing for me to understand was that when I didn't deserve it, when I was an enemy with God, that father gave his best possession for me um, and his only son to die on a cross for me. And that was something my earthly father never did. And I realized at that moment that things were going to be different. And so I just had to commit to the journey to figure out who he was and how much different he really was. Well, I certainly know it's important to share your story, and I've uh, always been a firm believer that we go through things for not only what God wants to teach us, but that we then in turn can can try to, to cast a message or pass along some of the things we've learned. How hard was it uh, to write this book and to lay bare some of the things of your past, and how has that book and your story been embraced by the members of your family? Yeah, I definitely, if you read this book, you'll go to back to day one of my life. And to be honest, the, the, the enemy likes to lie to me and the lie that he begins to tell me and, and began to tell me um, even more through this book process was, Austin, your story doesn't matter. Mm. Um, 
And the scripture that I kept coming back to was um, the scripture where where, uh, the Bible says that we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And I realized that, man, I've been proclaiming and living in the blood of the Lamb and the victory that that brought, uh, but maybe I've been missing out on the word of my testimony um, and how that frees me by telling where I've been and how God has delivered me. And so... um, as the lies begin to come in, saying, Austin, don't share that. Oh, that's too much. It's too deep. That's too far. Um, I took that as a sign of saying, okay, well, the enemy likes to use fear as his weapon. Mm-hmm. And that must mean he's threatened by this story. So I'm going to tell my story because the enemy can't change the blood of the lamb being poured out on the cross for us. It's done. It's spoken for it. But what he loves us to do uh, is be quiet about how it's changed our lives. So... I would encourage anyone to share their story because that is the evidence that the world is looking for, that God changes people, rescues people, and brings dead people to life. Now, there are repercussions, you know, with my family even, um, and it's it's been really beautiful because, uh, number one, I had a terrible relationship with my dad growing up, and then in the book, I kind of go into detail on what our redemption stories look like, and I can rejoice and say that my dad is one of my best friends today. God has healed our relationship. Forgiveness has happened. And, um, yeah, restoration has happened. That's something I never thought would happen. And so when I called my dad and when I called my family, my sisters, my mom, and saying, I think I'm going to write these stories down. Are you okay with it? Um, it was hard because it was letting people into the deepest, scariest moments of our life. And, um, the thing that we all just began to hold on to was, okay, maybe our vulnerability is going to lead someone else to the freedom um, that is found in sharing our testimony and finding the one uh, who redeems every story. So he's done that in our story, and we'd be selfish to keep it in. So, yes, I had to get permission from all my family, but um, we all are on the same page that if God can use our story, um, that's what we want ultimately. So, yeah, it, it definitely was a joint effort and a joint decision for me to share these stories. Well, kudos to you and to your family, and good to hear about uh, reconciliation and uh, hope for others. Uh, there may be people listening that are kind of fearful for wanting to share some of their story because of things that it involves with other people, but uh, I guess your message would be uh, not to be silent. Yeah, not to be silent, and let Jesus redeem every part of your life. You know, darkness and the enemy has power when we keep things in the darkness, and um, the light is where freedom is, and so bring things to light. Uh, work on redemption. If a part of your story, like like mine, includes someone else and something that's been done to you, then maybe you need to work on the relationship with that person first, and maybe you need to go and reconcile and have forgiveness and let that process happen. Um, and maybe sharing your story or beginning to think about how to share your story is really where God wants you to start healing um, from some of the things in your story. And speaking of story, how has your story been received? Uh, responses to folks that have interacted with the book and connected with you? Yeah, a couple of, uh, of people um, that have reached out. It's kind of blowing my mind just to see some people have said that they've read it in one sitting, and that blows me away because I'm the slowest reader ever, <laughs> um, and so it takes me forever to read. Um, but yeah, uh, people are feeling empowered to share their story and um, how redemption can happen for their broken home that they grew up in as well. So it's been really cool to see uh, and really encouraging um, to see how 
God is already using these stories. Well, and not only this book, but of course music. That all began with that uh, first single in 2017, Freedom Hymn, and now we're playing Wake Up Sleeper. A little story behind Wake Up Sleeper? Absolutely. I mean, this song was written um, in a way when I was 18 years old. The first sermon I ever preached um, was when I was 18 years old. We had a youth Sunday where the youth of the church took over every aspect of the church that day. So singing, welcoming, and preaching. And I drew the short straw and had to preach. And I was terrified. Um, But I remember opening up the Bible to the book of Luke and just praying God would speak to me. And I remember reading the story, and it felt like it it just blew my mind, where Jesus interrupts a funeral uh, of this little boy who's been being carried on the outskirts of town to be buried in the ground. And Jesus puts his hand on his casket, taking everything unclean about this little boy ceremonially and sacrificially, and tells the little boy to breathe again. And he does. He gets up. And uh, I believe that Jesus is still interrupting funerals today. And the Apostle Paul puts it in Ephesians that God is literally given his best um, to take everything unclean about us and take it upon himself, put it on a cross, and win the victory that we couldn't win on our own. And Jesus is calling to every single one of us saying, wake up, O sleeper, and I will give you life. Um, and that's the message that I think we need to live by. Um, I think that's the message we need to talk about. As you are awake and you have accepted Jesus, well, you have a responsibility because there's a world around us that's hurting, looking for justice and peace and hope, and it comes from awakening to who their Savior is. Um, and so it's our job to tell people the good news of what's been done for us and how it can be done for them, too. So it's time to wake up, sleeper, um, and let Jesus give you life. And that's what that song is about. Awesome. Awesome. Catching up with Austin French and the book Jesus Can. Any final thoughts before we wrap up, Austin? I pray that this book encourages people to, number one, find healing in their story, but number two, to share their story. Uh, it's not just about my story, and my story doesn't matter more because I'm a contemporary Christian artist or I grew up in a broken home or uh, the things that I, you know, accomplished. No, it, it, it's my story and someone else's story is just as powerful because there's certain things all of us can't do. Uh, we can't break addictions. We can't save marriages. We can't um, save ourselves. But, man, everything we can't do, Jesus can do. And that's what this book's about. So I pray it encourages people to share how Jesus is changing their life and um, and how it's, it's time for them to share their story, too.